All right, guys, welcome back to the Fed Show. We're here with Danu. Bro, I've, I've said your name so many times, and I've <laughs> gone back and watched videos of you introducing yourself, but it's Danu, right? Yeah. Just like that. And But I, I feel like I want to put like a U at the beginning, do, like Dunu, but it's like, no, it's Danu. And I, I heard you say it, and I was like, okay, I can say it. And I do that, I swear to God. <laughs> I sit there and I'm I've like, heard some I've heard some crazy things, man. Like I I don't I don't I just don't get it. Like I, I guess I feel like people see me and they're like, he's something, he's Indian, he's this, he's that, like they just want to complicate it. Yeah. And I've heard um like I'll be like, duh, no. Like I'll just break it down like that and people will be like, You knew and I, I don't know. I've heard some <laughs> I've heard some wild stuff, like I don't know. Yeah, oh so let's let's just let's go back to how we met. We met at a uh was it was it here Fort Worth or was it, was, it yeah uh, it was here Fort Worth at Printed Threads yes and it was like the tax the the tax class yeah or the money income and all that what you can claim what you can't claim mm -hmm. and uh, that was in my drinking days so I just showed up for alcohol and pizza basically <laughs> and just kind of there's mingled. both good options yeah, for that just just kind of one of those mingling things and uh, we we chopped it up that night and then we tried to set a date and then I had some uh, stuff on my end. And it just, it kind of just fell apart. And then we tried to set it up again, but I, scheduling was off. So you, you were in town, you were like, yeah, I'm going to be in town. I was like, let's, I'll try to set it up as quick as we could. Cause I know we're going to turn around and then we'll be trying to do it. And you'd be like, oh, I got to leave here. And then, so that's why I was like, all right, man, let's just do it. But yeah, so we met like that. And I think after that, I was supposed to go to your video release yeah. that you did on 7th at, what was it? Uh, bar 2909. 2909? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got uh, crossfaded in the parking lot at yes! Martin House. <laughs> bro, it was a rough I remember when day. you texted me, I, I was like, like, oh my gosh. I was like, I was like bro, I'm, I'm not going to make it, man. Like, I'm not going to be there. I'm sorry. And I was supposed to go to another show in Oak Cliff that night. I was supposed to go to that and then go out there. And I missed both of them. And I just got home and I just crashed out. Like, yeah. I sat in the parking lot for, like, six hours. Yeah, I remember you were like, hey, bro, I just woke up in the parking lot. I was like, well, I don't know what you're saying right now, man, but, like, I hope you're good. I was like, don't even worry about it, bro. Like, if you need to rest up, rest up. Like, do not drive, whatever yeah. you do. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, I slept, I, slept, I slept for, like, five or six hours. But, yeah. So, let's go into the music video. Yeah. Which, dude, where did y'all shoot that at? That was actually ironic. Uh, I haven't said it publicly, but, like, I, or maybe I did. I don't know. But it was actually uh, downtown Dallas. Yeah. So a lot of people know like Clyde Warren Park. You okay. know, like that park right there is like have you ever been to that park? I think I have. Yeah. Is that the It's the one on top of the highway technically. Like it's just a big square. It's right there in the middle and there's like you see all the buildings right around. Nope, I haven't been to that park. Okay. It's pretty cool. I mean, I think the most random feature that I thought was cool is they got Wi Fi at the park. <laughs> which is really cool. Like people just pull up and they just get stuff done, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, honestly. Yeah, so it was really cool. So yeah, we shot it at uh, our bank building. So the nonprofit that we have, Nerve, um, we shot it at that bank building, and then we did like a promo campaign, and we kind of like tied it together to where the release of the music video actually served as a fundraiser. Okay. So we it was kind of like knock out two birds with one stone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the one things that when when we first met, the like we had talked about, you had a lot of stuff going. Yeah. So yeah, it annoys me. And <laughs> I, it, I, honestly, it's like there's because there's a lot of artists that are just artists, right. and there's a lot of uh, philanthropists or nonprofit organizations that that are trying to do good in the community. But I mean, honestly, I don't know any other anybody else but you that's doing it the way that you're doing it because like your social media is cross branded, like it's all through and through, like together. Almost one thing, but it's not. 
Right. And that's why I was like, and it intrigued me. And then me going through my uh, issues, not acknowledging my mental health and drinking too much, it kind of pushed me towards going this direction. So I was like, man, it's it's, it's better that we came on now because we I'm have glad more it to talk. We have more to talk about. Yeah. Because the last time I would have just been drunk, like, hey, bro, so. Uh... And can you give me another one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want another beer or what? So. So back to the music video. Um, where, how did y'all get the concept of that? Like, because one of the one of the things that stands out in the music video is the reflection of you upside down in the mirror on yeah, the yeah. table when they're when they're playing on the table. Mm. And I was like, the concept was like, I mean, y'all angled it perfectly and just shot right directly into it, and you picked up the shot that y'all wanted. Yeah. Like, how'd y'all come up with that? It was just that one was actually on the fly. So um, I'm not positive that I told this story, but. Crazy enough, we shot the music video that day, and the last scene, so the last scene, we're popping champagne bottles and stuff like that. Unfortunately, that scene is a reason why the other scene you're talking about exists. Mm -hmm. So that champagne scene actually got on the camera, and it wiped half of the shoot day. Dang. <laughs> half of the whole shoot day was gone. And so we got done with the scene. We're about to go celebrate. You know, it was downtown over there. And so, like, there's, like, you know, whatever, some bars and stuff. We're going to just go pull up, go celebrate. And my videographer's like, hey, bro, like, yeah, let's check out the footage real quick. I was like, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, uh, I was like, what's up? There was no footage. And so we were tripping. And I'm like, bro, there's no way I can pull this back off because it was on a Saturday. Banks closed. They opened it up just for us. They don't do that. Um, and it's a corporate building. It's not like a one-two story. This is a yeah. skyscraper, right? So they opened up the building for us and everything. Um, yeah, and so like we fast-forwarded from there, and then what happened was it worked out well. I think it was like you know God willing. But one of the artists that I really loved, you know, Cure for Paranoia. Mm -mm. Okay, so Dallas-based artist, the name's Cameron McLeod. Dope. Like basically think about like a young Three Stacks. Okay. Dude's crazy. Like just dude's wild. Crazy bars, very talented, singer, rapper, all of it. And um, I wanted him to come to the shoot, couldn't make it. And so because of that, my videographer's like, bro, that's on me. I should have had a guard on it, you know, whatever, all of this. I'll book a new spot. So we booked a spot close to the farmer's market in Dallas, uh, empty warehouse, whatever. And that was the second shoot day. Cameron was able to make it. So okay. that's when that scene came up. But to answer your question, how that came up was at the bank, there was just this like random thing. And yeah. we were like, and we were talking about the messaging of the music video and everything. And he's like, yeah, bro, I think this would be like, you know, like a flip message. And I love this scene. And it like shows like the, you know, because we we're basically talking about how like one message about loot is talking about money, but really the whole message was something different. So we're like, and it was this idea. And then we just saw something laying on a table and that's what it led to. And so when we recreated it, we had to go to like, I don't know, like Michael's or something like that and yeah. find some like little mirror table. <laughs> like, you said like Michael or something. I don't know. Like Ross. I don't know. Like shout out to Ross. So clearly you're proud of the video. It came out great. I mean, it, Thank you. It, the, the time and the effort, I mean, it really shows because I mean, there's a lot of videos that come out and I don't like, I've, I've started noticing production quality on things after I started recording a podcast and I was like, man, some of these early videos are terrible. Like the camera angles all off. The lighting's <laughs> terrible. Oh man, you can't even hear what I'm saying in this one. Or the camera will just like shift down and no one noticed. Yeah. So you got like half a podcast where it's just like pointing <laughs> down at just the drinks and the steering wheel because I used to record the podcast in a car while I was drinking. Word. Real bad. So yeah, we'll get off of that topic though. But let's get into nerve. 
So uh, the first thing, like just explain kind of what that is. Yeah. Um, so Nerve is, we're a mental health nonprofit. Our mission is helping people become healthy people. So we have six different pillars. So we focus on youth, homelessness, um, substance abuse, domestic violence. Um, I'm blanking right now, but substance abuse, domestic violence, um, suicide prevention, and then veterans. And so those are our six focuses. And what we decided on, like through that whole process, I originally started the company um, with the idea for substance abuse because mm -hmm. I lost three specific homies. And before it was called Nerve, it was actually called FNJ Fund. Uh, our foundation and it stood for their last names so it was okay. ford neat jet it was their last names and they you know unfortunately passed in that order and childhood friends very influential whatever have you and then the long story short was my accountant and attorney the way i originally wanted to do it i was actually trying to make it just a nonprofit arm of my health company holistic okay. yeah and they were just like hey that just can't be a thing it's gonna have a conflict of interest whatever whatever so then nerve was born so it was F and J, and then when we started, like, as I started recruiting some of my board members and things of that sort, um, you know, we started talking about, like, what it really meant, like, for substance abuse in general. The next yeah. thing you knew, it kind of, like, expanded beyond the fact that, like, a lot of these problems aren't just, like, they're not just singular, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're they're tethered to other things. Yeah, like, it, like other things lead to the substance abuse. Yeah, exactly, yeah. or vice versa, substance yeah. abuse leads to something else. Like, exactly. So it's so, like... I'm not gonna lie, like it's a because you would have been you would have basically been helping in all those other areas anyway. Just call, just saying, oh, we're helping with substance abuse, but you're already addressing all those other issues. Yeah, and so like our board members essentially were able to kind of like open up the whole conversation of like, well, like what are these like eighty twenty principle? What are the the twenty percent of like big problems in society? that cause 80% of like just stuff going on, right? Yeah. And we narrowed it down to those six. Yeah. And they're like, they're huge. Yeah, well, they they're are. I mean, you problems. can name, crazy. I mean, the majority of, you, like with those, you can pretty much sum up just about every- Society's yeah, problems. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, well, this happened, so this is why I do this. And uh, yeah, so, um, so well, my next question was what inspired it. We just talked about that. Yeah, you, yeah. you losing friends and that. And then, so how's that going right now? It's good. Um, we've had a couple of transitions, which has been nothing but a learning curve. So the first, like, I would say the first three to six months was really because we're positioned more as like a data company. truthfully. Okay. And so like the way that we've positioned ourselves is like within those six key focuses, we've partnered with different nonprofits over the past many months. And we've just been learning from people. So we've learned that, like, honestly, a lot of people kind of approach these problems with the solution already in mind. Yeah. right like they're very like hey this is it yeah and i'm like respectfully speaking like i respect everybody's hard work that they're putting in out there but like if that was the case then the problem would have been solved yeah right so and it's like at the end of the day we're at this position where we're like hey we need to like kind of really collect a big picture and know what to do before we just say hey let's launch this program yeah so like this whole first year has been focused on and is going to continue to be focused on is like we need to better understand the problem yeah that's why we've been doing things like you know our social solutions event which is like every quarter which is actually tomorrow um uh every quarter we do this open discussion you know community event this year's focus is homelessness so talking about how to like end homelessness in dfw the idea yeah. is like crowdsource solutions talk to people talk to the people dealing with the problem better understand get data we're working on some databases right now and things yeah. of that sort. So, I mean, basically, you're doing the research before you. Well, the thing is, so if I have a hundred dollars and I want to invest in something, what are you gonna I want to know what I'm investing in. Exactly. So, I mean, basically, the concept is you're you're putting your time and effort into something, and money's gonna flow into this. So, I mean, you're you're doing the right thing right now because if 
if you just if you'd say oh we're going to help uh start a program that can use government money to build houses right well what's the significance of how do you get into these houses how are they going to live there like the, the only things in fort worth that i know of that have been they haven't been successful but they've been helpful to the right. homeless are like uh, the union gospel mission they have and then the other the the home the homeless shelters down there yeah, yeah. those are helpful because yeah, they're great. They they feed the people. They the people that, that I mean we we thrown an event down there with the church I was with, where we just showed up with this dude. He brought like uh, two hundred plates of barbecue. He cooked. That's awesome. He cooked right there. He just handed the food out, and if and if he there was like, well, there's no one else coming. He goes, all right, here's another plate. Right. Because it was like, I mean, I cooked it for y'all. I'm, I'm I came out here to help. So, those 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 their necessities. A lot of people need that stuff and. Uh, I had a I had a family member that lived in the like the women's it's not a halfway house but it's an apartment setup okay and uh, they help you find a job they help provide daycare if you're like a single mother out coming out of a an abusive relationship yep domestic violence yeah so they uh, they they offer a service of like hey we can we'll put you up in this room for this amount of time they have their rules and regulations and everything you have to follow yep. to live there but I mean. For some people, it's it's been great. They, it helps put them in a job. They can actually sustain a, a lifestyle after that. They move out and they live their life. That's the goal. And, the goal is sustainable lifestyle. Uh, exactly, and that's and like that's what I, I mean. That's 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 the biggest thing that you're doing the research because with anything, I think everyone already preconceives in their head. This is how you fix it. This is how you fix yeah, it. Yeah, they're like, this is it. So then we just someone will just dump money they'll take donations and they'll fund money into something exactly and it'll be it'll be a waste yeah we have a, like this is like a just while we're on the topic like this is just like a grandiose like idea that we like we really are curious about but like my curiosity is if there was a system out there that could kind of like grade nonprofits yeah i guarantee that would clean up the industry like tremendously because <clears throat> like you said there's so many nonprofit great intention yeah Terrible execution. Because there's no better business bureau for nonprofits. Exactly. There's no one to say like, okay, so what y'all's what y'all's bottom end look like? I know you're nonprofit, but how much money? What did what does your turnaround look like? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's honestly, it's tough, it, man. It's, it's it's a big problem. And it's, and it's not to like put anyone down. Sure. But sure. It, but it's the same topic. Anytime you have a disagreement with someone and you you have an argument, you have in your head while you're why you are right, and right. they have in their head why they are right. And no one can ever communicate back and forth as to, I'll, I'll listen to your side if you listen to my side. They're you just talking points yeah, at each you other. You just want to throw in another person's face. And it's like, I mean, that 90% of communication problems in this world would be changed if we would say, okay, let me listen to your side. But you have to listen to me too. Like, we'll have a real conversation and I'll look at it from your perspective. Yeah. Because even some people that listen, they're just like, all right, I'm just going to let you talk. Yeah, they're not engaged. Yeah, they're yeah, just like, yeah, engaged. go ahead, finish up. Yeah. Go ahead, make your point. And so, like, I, I had a me and my cousin. We had tried to, we tried to do a podcast episode talking about uh, gun violence. And <laughs> That's the dude, it, We recorded a podcast on a Sunday morning, and we were supposed to do a podcast, and then we were gonna go eat breakfast. And I was like, "You good?" He's like, "Yeah." So we sit there and talk about it. And I went back through it, and I I, I said it on the failed podcast. We sound like a couple of rednecks, bro. Like, this is Texas. I want my gun. Yeah. And, and I was just like, but I I hear the other side of the argument. Like I don't think everyone needs an AR-15. I don't think that right. everyone needs the ability to own 15 handguns. 
But at the same time, I can hear the argument from basically what I was brought up with, like to protect ourselves, the Second Amendment. Like, I get it. I get both ends. And my kids go to school. So when the school shootings happen, it's like, man, like these, this, this is getting closer and closer to home. Yep. But how do we prevent it? It's a no gun zone. They're not supposed to have guns there anyway. Yeah. But criminals don't care what the laws are. That's why they're criminals. Right. So the, those conversations, and like I, I've, I've yet to have a conversation where anyone has any real solutions other yeah. than take away all guns or everyone needs a gun, one or the other. And there's like no in between. Yeah, it's like that's a conversation we have a lot is honestly, the world is getting polarized. Like, heavily like heavily polarized there are people that are just it's just it's getting spread further and further on either side like you said on any topic yeah. it's just getting further spread on either side and then all of a sudden what you notice is people just don't want to talk no more yeah you know like, because they, they take it to the extent of black and white there's no gray area anymore but depending upon what side you're on you think you're the white light you're the savior and that black is the evil and the person on the other side thinks you're the same thing like, no, guys, we're not on the same side here, but there has to be a common ground. Yeah. And I feel like that's one thing. Like, a lot of people, they don't want to talk. They don't want to engage. They don't want to get canceled. They don't want to say something that rubs someone the wrong way. And, uh, like, I had another guest on the podcast, and he was just like, yeah, man, uh, say it with your chest. Don't have a close friends list on Instagram. Like, hey, I gonna, like that. If I like gonna, that. If you're going to say it, you think it's funny enough to put it on to, like, 15 of your buddies then just put it to everybody because yeah. those 15 people are probably the only ones paying attention to you anyway. Fair. And some people are like, well, I'm a, a public figure. It's like, but you're not a public figure. You, you, you <laughs> are, but lying. you're not. No, you're and, not lying one bit. Yeah, I think like, I think at the end of the day, the biggest point is people are just getting like soft. And when I, when I say soft, I'm not saying like, oh, you're a soft person. What I'm saying is like soft with your like viewpoints. Yeah. And at some point it gets so watered down that I'm like, First off, do you even believe in anything? Yeah. You know, like, do you? Because, like, anytime you're just kind of doing this little political yeah. dance around stuff, and you're never really saying what you think. And then people yeah. are like, I get it, because in a way, yes, technically you're more likable that way. Yeah. And you have more access to things or people yeah. or whatever. But at the end of the day, I'm like, that access isn't granting you nothing because they don't even know what you're talking about. Exactly. Or what you're trying to do. Yeah. If you're even trying to do anything. <laughs> I feel like nowadays it's the easiest way to finish the conversation is what you agree with. Yeah. Like if someone walks up to you, I don't believe in abortion. You know, it's, it's bad. I don't believe in it either. Yeah. And then another guy walks up and says, abortion is the greatest thing ever. Then you sit there and you say, yeah, man, it's great. And you just walk away because right. you're like, I don't want to talk about none of this. Yeah. Like, and you can't say no comment because then they're going to be like, oh, no, what do you? What do you believe? Right. So you kind of just like, oh, oh, let me hear you out. And it's it gets... It's it's a it's a lot to process, and I think that's another reason our mental health issues are getting bigger and bigger, and we we hear about it more because people are bottling everything up. Yeah, because they don't have an outlet, they don't have anywhere to talk about anything yet. Yeah, no, you're not lying. Like I think the biggest thing that we're recognizing is we, and I'm just talking about like people that are cognizant of this, like the conversations we're having and these platforms. You know, thanks to you know people like yourself, like. I think it's so important for people to actually express themselves, but you're right. People just can't, first off, because of cancel culture. And then you're right. There are people that believe they're, you know, I'm not trying to say you're not that thing, yeah. but there's people that really have this figment of like, I'm this character, 
so I can't like talk. So I'm like, bro, you're not the president, respectfully. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, everybody feels like they're Denzel. Right. <laughs> hey, I mean, to be Denzel is a, is blasphemous to even say out loud. And I'm like, come on, bro. Nobody Denzel. Like, I'm a little bit Denzel. Yeah, like, like no, you're not. Comedians, yeah, I'm like, no, Chris you're not. Chris Lee came up with that, but he was like, everybody thinks that they're Denzel yeah. and they're in their own movie. Yeah, but you're not. Yeah, you're like. Well, the irony is, I'll, I'll even like play devil's advocate on that. It's like, yes, you are, but Denzel wouldn't do what you're doing. See that that's the that's the irony. It's like it's not that you should be your main character. Yeah. Right. Like that's not. I'm not trying to pr- promote the narrative of like take a background seat. Yeah. But it's like for real, be Denzel then. Yeah. Because Denzel's gonna tell it how he sees it. Yeah. Because go look at his interviews. Go look at stuff. He has a yeah. no bullshit character. Yeah. Right. And so and that's, that's just him, real life. Yeah. That's just him. He's just a, yeah. like he's abrasive. Is yeah. what the world would call it, but abrasion yeah. isn't bad. Or, yeah. you know, like a big thing that's a big discussion in the point of the mental health world right now is the concept of like anxiety. Like in America, especially, we've turned it into such a negative buzzword. And like, I feel like, first off, not even people forgot because they never knew in the first place. Anxiety has never been a bad word. Anxiety is just the reflection of the body recognizing something mm-hmm. and you're being alert. Yeah. You're in a state of alertness. Yeah. That's it. The irony is we've taken the the moment where you're alert and made that a negative thing. Yeah. So now when the alertness comes, which is supposed to happen, yeah. and we didn't teach people what to do with that, yeah. right? then the people are like, oh my God, I'm feeling that alertness. I'm like, okay, that's good. You, you want your body to do that. Yeah, you're alive. Be, yeah, because somebody might be saying something like crazy yeah. that you don't believe in, and that's why you're alert. Or somebody is saying something that you're like morally like I I don't think that that's right for that person to say that to the next person. Yeah. And maybe it's a you know decent environment like a couple of friends and not saying some stranger go be you know Superman or something. Mm-hmm. But like whatever it is like, and now you're just shut down mode because you're yeah. not being taught to like allow that to happen. Yeah. And it, the key is what do you do after because that's the fork in the road. Yeah. But now the fork's not even we just see the stem. Yeah. You know you don't even see the fork aspect of like well which way do I go they're just shut down now. Because we've been taught to be like, oh, you're feeling anxious. And I'm like, okay, and? But that's like oh, like feeling anxious, anxiety. Like first date. When you were, when you were a it's kid. It's a great thing. And you have, you're, you're about to get that first date. You got your outfit picked out. Mm-hmm. And you got your shirt. You, oh, man, it's going to be fun. We're going to go to the movies. I'm going to buy popcorn. We get drinks, candy. We're going to hold hands. Maybe we get to kiss. Like you, And you're excited. Mm-hmm. And I feel like anxiety and excitement. Same thing. There, it, it's a, you're excited about a good thing, mm-hmm. but you get anxiety when it's a bad thing that you're worried about. Yeah. But either way, you still have that feeling. And everyone loves the excitement feeling yeah. when you know you're going to go out with your friends and, man, we're going to have a badass weekend. We're going to get to do this. We're going to have a fucking cookout. We're going to be chill. It's going to be great. Or, man, my uncle died. I'm going to have to see family I don't want to see anymore. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him in forever. They're going to wonder what I'm doing with my life. Then I'm going to have to go to the wake afterwards and everybody's going to be all sad. I don't want to waste my time. And like, those are the same feelings. It's the same thing. It's just, it's just the the yin and the yang or the good and the bad in life. Like we still have to deal with them either way. But honestly, I, I don't ever feel like I have anxiety. I just do. I feel like I over worry and I overanalyze and I overthink every situation. And nine times out of 10, none of the crap I thought actually happened. Yeah. You're not lying. And you're a like, lot of it. You're like, oh man, well, what if this happens, or I can't pay this bill on time, or what if my car, my my tire goes out on this road trip, and I, I forgot I didn't have my spare. It's like, hey man, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> right. Like, 
We'll figure. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that when we get there. I think that's the key. Like when you said, we'll get to there when we get there. Like touching on the point you mentioned, like you know, excitement versus anxiety. Like I'm, I'm a technical person. I like sciences and I like things like that. And at the end of the day, it's the body in an in an excited state. Yeah. Right. And so this is why, like, I'm such a nerd. This is why I love music so much. Like, I'm a wordsmith. Like, I love words. I love linguistics, etymology, all that. And so to me, the sad part is in modern era we've lost the value of real words and we try being so wordy like yeah. so wordy that we like because that's the that's the terrible part about terrible and a good part about like the english language is it attempts to define every little thing yeah because if you translate as you know are you spanish dude i'm half white half mixed half yeah okay yeah. so like like in the spanish culture indian really every other language there's not a word for everything there's so many things right. that are missing that you use yeah. like a random word that when you do translate it, you're like, what the, that's what that means? Like, that doesn't, that's not accurate because we're so used to accuracy yeah. in the English in the English language. And so I feel like what ends up happening is where that anxiousness or excited state comes from is we'll be looking for a way to define words, yeah. to define the, whatever the thought is or whatever. And when you're not readily able to like come up with it because you're obviously frazzled, yeah. you're kind of like, yo, whoa, hold on. I'm used to being in control. Yeah. And then it it just mathematically, my opinion, starts leaning forward towards the negative side more yeah. often. And then next thing you know, it happens enough that you start becoming that character, right? Like yeah. I, I wrote this quote one time and I was just in a dark spot and I was like, I don't know, it came to me, I was on a walk or something. I like walking and I saw some like flowers. I think it like had rained or something and I just saw some flowers and I was like, man, and the flowers had kind of closed up and I was like, just because a flower isn't uh, blooming doesn't mean it's not a flower. Yeah. Right. And then there's this podcast I listened to one of my favorite Tim Ferriss and he was interviewing uh, Derek Sivers, the guy that made CD Baby. So all the artists out there. Okay. Um, and so he had mentioned something which he was talking about his kid. They're out and his kid had said something. He was there out at some deli and his kid had always hated olives. Um, and so he uh, or no, I'm sorry, something like that. But they're out at a deli and then his you know, they're out and his uh, kid was like, hey, dad, um, Man, I hate olives. I don't want that. Because he was like watching his dad order a sandwich or something. He's like, hey, no, son, you don't hate olives. Because he was teaching them the power of language, right? He's yeah. like, you don't hate olives. It's, I don't like olives today. Right. Right? Because the key difference is we say things that are definitive. Yeah. And that's the whole idea of like the anxious side of, oh, spells, spelling, the spelling of a word. Like yeah. when you say stuff like you may not realize it, but all of a sudden you become it over the course of X amount yeah. of years. People, I, I swear, like especially people in the creative arts have a little better understanding or they're far off. Right. And especially type a people like, you know, your corporate type people and whatever they're like, ah, that's woo law. That's whatever. But everybody's using it. But, it, but it's, it's the same thing. Like with an affirmation, that's it. If it's you, the same if, thing. If you tell yourself the same thing over and over, it, it, it's going to happen or you're going to define yourself as a person yeah. in some way. You're going to bring that to fruition because you believe in the idea. Yeah. Like when you say, I hate whatever food. So I had a, I have an aunt. And she hated peas, so she never let her kids eat peas. Jeez. And her kids said that they hated peas. Exactly. They never ate a pea in their life. Let me guess, it's genetics. It's, <laughs> it's like it's like, but they were just programmed as children. Mm -hmm. If you tell a child that something's bad, or that's why you tell them like alcohol's bad, smoking is bad. We program our children with these things, so when they get when they grow up, hopefully they they realize, oh, but. We can't ourselves, we program all this other stuff, but we don't understand that we're trying to program our children right. to do the right thing, but we can't reprogram our brain. But our kids do it, 
because I know at some point my kids are going to find a beer or find some liquor and they're going to try it. It's life. It's, it is what it is. But we can't, like, like love. Like when you said that we're so wordy. Dude, like the word love used to mean so much more. So much. When you, because you could, you could tell your friend, "I love you, man. Like yeah. I love you. Like I got your, I got your back. I'm gonna be here for you. If you need something, let me know." And that's what that meant from friend to friend. Like this is this dude is like my brother. So then when you do it in a relationship with a woman or whatever your preference, your preference is, when you tell someone that I love you. Like now, people want to do these paragraphs. I love you so much because you're everything to me. No, no. Let's redefine what love means. Sometimes, like that, that doesn't mean like I got to define and write four paragraphs. If I tell you I love you, that shit means something. Yeah. And it's not like I, I feel like a lot of people they get caught just oh love you, or hey love you bye. Yeah. It's, and it's just like scary. Uh, going through the motions. Yeah, it is. And so I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but like I think. At the end of the day, the point is just being intentional. You know, yeah. like at the end of the day, it's just about intentionality. And I think it's just about having an opportunity of like, if you're going to dish something out as quickly, like how quickly are you going to dish it right back? Yeah. Right. Because I think that's the key of what's kind of being a little lost of this whole idea. I think honestly, a couple of years ago, when people were claiming this whole awakening was happening, which I do think is a thing, like 2018, 2019, and then COVID hit. Um, I think a lot of people were starting to recognize some of these aspects of self-love. Yeah. And then I think, in my opinion, it kind of devolved to where it's like, like you said, like things are getting dished out so quickly. And I'm like, all I'm saying is, would you dish that like as quickly to yourself? Yeah. And if you can't, then something's wrong. Yeah. Like then there's like, there's not a match going on. Right. Like to me, it's like the whole cup half full or half empty type analogy equivalent yeah. in a way. So what I'm saying, what I mean by that is some people be like, what do you mean? Like, I can define how I want to talk to my friends. With this. I'm like, okay, nobody said you couldn't, right? But what I'm saying is if you can as quickly say all that out, oftentimes I've found that people can't do that to themselves. Yeah. So I'm like, well, then you tell me. Like, you're the one doing it. So, like, what's that mean about yourself, yeah. right? And I, the reason why I'm saying is I think that the weight isn't equalized then, right. which I think boils down to, to my knowledge, unless I'm crazy, the way that we communicate is through words. And then the the high the most highly effective way is obviously body language, and both of those are being demeaned. You know, what I mean, both yeah. of them are just kind of being lost to some degree. Yeah, people are kind of like just saying stuff to say stuff. Yeah, and then the body language not there because they're like, yeah, I love you. They're texting, yeah. but they're not gonna look you in the eyes. You know, right. or if you look someone in the eyes nowadays, they think there's a problem. Yeah, and I'm like, why are you looking at me? Yeah, I'm like, I'm just respecting you. Yeah. Like I was trying to pay attention. I'm, I'm like, acknowledging you. Right, but then you know you've got our attention span that's so and so it's a part of it. Like it's. I think bringing it full circle, like as far as the mental health side of things, I'm not saying that it should go back, right? I'm not right. saying necessarily it should go back because the whole idea of evolution is you move, you go forward. Yeah, you move forward. Yeah, so I think that narrative also has some faults for like if we're talking about nonprofits, if we're talking about uh, community leaders, if we're talking about our entertainers, you know, music film etc like people that are in a position to have influence and platforms more like specifically and i'm like i don't think it's a matter of like oh i wish we'd go back to the old days yeah. i think it's a matter of having more of a thought process on what are we going to do about this now right right and i think that's the key is like trying to better communicate with people and make sure that the message is like hey i'm gonna meet you where you are yeah but because i will and it's not because of tit for tat but like because i will regardless if you do or don't I would think that we should have this conversation on this side as well, a.k.a. 
let me speak on my behalf. Yeah. Right. And then as that kind of grows, we can get to a place of actual better understanding. And I mean, genuinely, bro, like I feel I feel so bad for these kids right now, man. Like they're dealing like like if we're really getting to the nitty gritty, right? Regardless of like sexual orientation, preference, identification, um, you know, income, skill sets, uh, personal desires, all of these things that are life, right? Mm-hmm. The crazy part is like I feel like this generation of children are dealing with more, and I think it's factual, but like more than anything has ever been dealt with. Right. They have information, like you know, the library of Alexandria. Nope. Like way back in the Roman Empire, it was okay. considered to be like the greatest library and had all the world's knowledge. Blah blah blah. It got uh, burned down by the Roman Empire, etc. And they were saying, there's you know people that claim that because that got burned down, we basically had to relearn a lot because it got lost. It quite literally got lost. So in a way, you got to think like these kids got the library of Alexandria, like the world's knowledge in their, in their like in their palm. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be shocked that they're confused about stuff because yeah. they're just constantly able to see everything about anything. Yeah. About all these topics I just mentioned. That could be how to make money in the world. That could be how to find a partner. That could be just what do I feel like doing today? And, what am and, I eating? And the crazy thing is like the invention of podcasting, the invention of blogs, social media. You can basically say whatever you want on the internet, and to some extent, it becomes some form of knowledge to yep. someone. Yeah. You you say something wrong, it doesn't matter. If, There's no fact checking. If, yeah. If if a thousand people read it, at least a hundred of them are gonna take it to heart as law. Yeah. As facts. Exactly. And they're and they'll go in debates and they'll argue <laughs> with people. They'll talk and, to real people in their real life about it. Like there was a. There was a, a story that uh, that I Spice was dating Charles Oliveira from the UFC, and I, oh, the, yeah, I saw the that. first that thing funny. I did was put it on my story. I was like, "Somebody fact check this for me, please." Yeah. And no, nobody like a bunch of people liked it, but nobody. I was like, "Is this for real though? Like, is Charles Oliveira actually dating her? Well, he's not. It was just something on the internet." I guarantee you, whoever watched that, there's at least five or six people that was right. like, "Oh, Bro, yeah. did you see this?" Yeah, she was she was dating Charles Oliveira. <laughs> Uh, that that wasn't real. That's why I said somebody would fact check it. But right. it it just comes down to that that that's the part that's scary. Oh, so yeah. anything that anyone's ever wrote, because if you want a topic, you can you can Google it, and if it fits a phrase in somebody's blog that was written in the last two years, ten years ago, and a and a kid that's twelve or thirteen reads it, oh then that's just the way it is. And he just yeah. takes that in his head in a law moving forward. That's it. Like if if I want to find the right partner, then I need to have a six pack of abs. I need <laughs> to have great hair, perfect teeth. I need to make uh, two hundred thousand dollars a year, and I need to be uh, need to be a drug dealer basically. And if that's what an article said, he just takes it as this is what I got to do to get to where I want to go. That I, I want to find a good wife, and these one guys. The easiest way to make money is, is dealing drugs. That's what it said. And you can, they can take things out of context because the, the internet has no fact checkers. Yeah. And you can't cancel a vlog because the vlog is just there. Yeah. Someone uploads their opinion on something and it's like, oh, I, I do a newsletter. It's like, no, you don't. You just talk about what you believe. Yeah. And now everyone has to listen to it because one person thought you were the guy that made the news. Oh, yeah. It's All crazy. right, man, we've gone in. <laughs> it's it's we went, crazy. We went it's real crazy. heavy into yeah, that. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but let's talk about, oh, make sure I'm saying this, holistic holistic yeah. health? Yeah, holistic. All right, so what's the focus with that and the purpose? Yeah, so holistic is just about really teaching people how to honestly like live a whole life 
but more perspective from like the physical side. So like your physical body, how to actually live life and take care of your body. You know, so like, honestly, whenever I talk about my companies, to me, they're the three pillars of life, which is the mind, that's nerves, so mental health, the body, holistic, and then your spirit, age, which is, we'll get to it, but is our, you know, our record label and media company. And so, you know, if you really think about it, like all the entertainment industry is just a bunch of, you know, it's, it's spirit, you know, it's just people's perspective. So with holistic, the whole idea for me stemmed from the idea of, honestly, people just don't know how to take care of themselves. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, <laughs> this is just the honest truth. And so it kind of boiled around some of the basics is what we call them. But like, we're working on a program, it'll probably come out next year. Um, but we're working on a holistic basics program. The idea is like the very basic level staples of what it takes to be a well-rounded person. So that might be water consumption. That might be sleep. That might be what you're eating. Like the basic things, I could almost guarantee that 80% of the people I could walk across just don't have it figured out. Oh no. They just don't. And I'm not going to say it's easy per se, but like the the crazy part is it generally is when you stop complicating it. Yeah. It really is. It's not that crazy. Um, and so Holistic has helped me, honestly, just like, honestly changed my life from a physical standpoint. And like the entertainment industry is not for everybody, obviously. And it's tough, man, because it really thrives on a nightlife type environment. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, honestly, like that, someone asked me uh, just today, like, how do you find guests for your podcast? Yeah. And I was like, I go to a lot of functions. Uh, I go to shows. I go have coffee with other podcasters occasionally, and we have conversations, Instagram, social media, and then kind of just whoever's open and willing. Then we chat it up a little bit, and we'll see if like okay, good vibe, bad vibe. Maybe we don't do something. Maybe we do something. But the nightlife. If you're in the music industry, you're you're gonna have to spend a couple of nights out. At, more than a couple it's I gonna mean, turn into your schedule in, in, in a week you're gonna be two, out at least two nights a week yeah you're gonna be out probably friday saturday maybe sunday and the rest of the week i mean most artists who don't have a major signing they're you're out. working a normal job yeah, yeah, yeah. and so you're turning around because i was doing that i was i was going out yeah. I was I was out till two o'clock in the morning and then I That's only when the bars closed. What you mean? Yeah. <laughs> you still gotta go afterwards. No, not me. I was like, all right guys, the bar closed, it's time to go. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's just being it's it's a life. It it's is not and I mean there there's I mean once you're successful and like anything you put out is gonna end up on the radio, like right. Drake status, then yeah, you can stay at the house. Yeah, yeah. You don't gotta go. I mean, out. he popping out just to do some promo or something. Yeah, I mean you show up, you, you go to a he'll go to a Raptors game, but and then he might 15 minutes in a club and then he's back at the house. Right. Because he doesn't need to be out. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're trying to make it, you're trying to meet people, you're trying to promote your music, you're trying to promote anything that you're doing, you basically have to have some kind of nightlife. And, I mean, that's one of the things, like, so I'm, I'm like 106 days sober now. No nice. alcohol. Congrats, bro. And uh, that's dope. one of the things that I realized was I have an addiction problem. Yeah. Like, Same. I didn't have... I wasn't addicted to alcohol. I was abusing alcohol, mm -hmm. but I I grab something and I abuse it. So like uh, the only thing I'm abusing right now is is vaping nicotine. And yeah, that stuff I, is tough. I got I I haven't been on I've been on that for probably like eight years now. I've been off cigarettes, and then I went to I jumped in. I did like 21 days, no energy drinks, no cokes, no nothing, just water, coffee, tea, mm -hmm. and that was that was good. 
and then uh, but I was 306 pounds when I got my DWI and today I'm 279 damn so that's no bro like, congrats I was only really trying I appreciate it but I was only really trying for like two months and I'm you I'm, got me I'm like that meal prepping now and I was like man if I clean up my diet I can lose weight this fast bro and I was like my goal was like I want to try to be 270 by my birthday, which is the end of July, July okay. 23rd. I yeah. take three weeks out, and I'm like, I can totally hit that goal as long as I keep eating right, and I really, I really cut everything out besides like liquid death water, and I'm, I might have one energy drink every other day or something now. Yeah. But man, I was killing five or six energy drinks like it was nothing. Yeah, you're gonna make me throw up thinking about it. Like, <laughs> I can't do energy drinks. I've never really like. See, like, I think, you know, just like the company name with Holistic, the whole idea is, like, in a modern world, my, my thought isn't also to tell people, like, hey, eat chicken breast with nothing on it, with rice, and drink water, you know, like, it's just not practical. Yeah. But the goal is, how close can you get to, like, a whole product, Yeah. right? Like, how close can you get to drinking water? How yeah. close can you get to eating clean? How close can you get to, like, you know, having a snack or a sweet or a treat? You yeah. know, whatever it is, like, because that's the real goal. Because at the end of the day, the main reason why I think people just don't realize what's really going on, which is the scary part, is this also boils back down to mental health. It's like people blame themselves. But it's like, bro, you have multi-billion, trillion-dollar market cap companies that are straight up their their waking goal when they wake up in the morning. And this isn't the CEO. This is the every person in that company. Whether they are conscious of it or not, their goal is to get you to purchase stuff, yeah, things. So you tell me, how are you going to battle that? Yeah. Stop beating yourself up. I know that's easier to say, but like I want to tell people, I'm like, for real, like take a step back and realize it's not your fault. Yeah, you know, like, and I and I genuinely mean that. Like, it was the hardest realization for me. To, I was always beating myself up, and I'm like, man, I'm something's wrong with me. Like, why can't I just? do this and i was raised as an athlete and scholar etc and i would go do extracurricular activities whatever whatever so like i already had my ego i can admit of like oh i'm already a kind of a a well-rounded person so how mm -hmm. am i not able to do this yeah right and it's yo like you gonna fight a trillionaire yeah <laughs> like yeah you know well Get because what? i mean with, with everything that we have we consume everything we take in like the easiest things to sell are are stuff to make you look cool clothing easy merchandise food and then honestly alcohol be alcoholic beverages or just regular beverages just beverages yeah that's that's where your money goes like they said at one point quick trip was like in the top 10 of fast food restaurants wow and it's quick trip they're not even restaurants. they don't make money off the gas right gas stations don't make money oh yeah off no the gas. they make, they make the money convenience store. off the stuff inside so the beer runs all those snacks you stop on like all that stuff like that's where they make their money. So Quick Trip expanded all the food that they made, yeah. and then it's like, oh, we're a fast food restaurant now, basically. Yeah, I and mean, they got like a parlor back there. Yeah, ice cream they make and pizza, pizza. They make ice like... cream. They make tacos. They make. I think they have. Pe I think. I think they have sandwiches, but they're not hamburgers. But they have. Basically, there's it's a like, kitchen. There's they got ten, a kitchen and a gas station. Ten different things that you could get and get a full meal, but you're still gonna grab a Coke, a candy bar, an energy drink. And maybe some peanuts or a cookie on the way out. Yeah. And, oh, twenty-seven dollars. This is all I grab. <laughs> it's hard, dude. It's like, tough. It's I, tough. I try to stay out of it because, like, even today I went in. I was like, I got me a Coke Zero. I was like, I'm gonna get a Coke Zero because I want something a little bit sweet and carbonated. And I was like, but I still had to get me a bag of Cheetos. And I was like, 
but then like you like you were saying the hardest part like i saw so i started meal prepping and like i don't like chicken breasts it has no flavor yeah. i always eat chicken thigh because there's more fat on oh, it yeah and it's easy it's it's cheaper and it has more flavor i can season it throw it on the grill and then i can fill up 15 15 plates i'll throw maybe a cup of rice maybe not that much and then i did broccoli and like a coleslaw like style side yeah, yeah, yeah that turned out terrible i threw it all <laughs> away because it didn't hold right with the rest yeah, of the meal yeah, yeah. so i threw all those away and condensed a couple of meals but it was like it's not hard if i if i know one of my things was i used to eat for pleasure like yep i want it's an enjoy, addiction of its own i want to enjoy 12 tacos or i want right, to enjoy right. this pizza it's so good but when you take out the pleasure aspect and you just think about full feet food is fuel mm. like my body needs this to sustain itself through the day so what i started doing is i would start eating before i was hungry yeah like okay it's about 10 30 i'm gonna eat my meal right now because that's gonna there's carbohydrates in it there's proteins in it when my body starts getting hungry i'm not gonna be craving jack-in-the-box or mcdonald's or something it. random i'm my body's already gonna have something in it to start using as fuel throughout the day and dude, that, that that's worked wonders. Like, I mean, I, I honestly like ten pounds almost in a week. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, cool. Because we even with the fluctuation, I was like, all right, where am I at on the fluctuation? I'm like, oh no, I'm I'm on the bottom. And I'm I'm where I need to be on the fluctuation too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy, bro. Like I'll tell people, I'm like, not to make them feel any type of way, but I'm like, bro, you're a walking pile of shit. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, look, I'm being honest with you. Like, I think. Uh, I always joke about this with some of my homies, but like sometimes I'll get irritated by people, as we all do, and I might be out like I don't know at a bar, or the club, or an event, or something like that. You know, like you know those people you come across, and whether it's a guy or girl, that just they think they all that, right? Like yeah. they're just like they're the hottest thing in the world. Uh, and I'm not talking about appearing. I'm just they think they're it, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, like don't ever forget, like you just this random animal that puts clothes on, bro. Like, you're just a creature, bro. Like, you, you're, come on, man. Like, I get that we're intelligent beings. <clears throat> so then we have this idea, and that's the whole point, like, idea of ourself, right? But I'm like, on average, to give you some random health facts, like, you know, our ancestors, bro, used to take a shit, like, two to three times a day. It would be three or four if you're healthy and, like, really healthy. And I'm like, bro, I know people that are like, you know, if you ask that uncomfortable question, They'll be like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, it might have been, you know, I'm like, what? So you don't know when? So I'm like, it might have been a day or two? I'm like, bro. No, that's no, that's unhealthy. It's terrible. Like, yeah. it's terrible for you. So I'm like, quite literally, I joke with people about that. I'm like, yo, you, you're just a walking pile of shit. And I'm like, <laughs> quite literally, like, you, oh, girl, you got your nails done, or my boy, you got that fresh fade, or whatever. But I'm like, bro, if I could see through you right now, like, quite literally, you're walking around with that in you. Yeah. And all of that can only do so much for like your identity or your ego really at the end of the day but i'm like the thing that's really gonna make you feel like you actually that shit or you're on fire in a good way and you're like you are what you want to be it's those simple things and you're doing yeah. it right now right and i think the food is fuel is like such a huge aspect but i think there's a progression um as i've watched and studied and even consulted with people over the years like on their health journey i've kind of watched it go in that linear pattern where it's like you're eating junky then people tend to go through the food is fuel phase. Mm -hmm. And then as you get to that next stage, you'll find a way to realize like, 
when you really get good with it, like I've been cooking since I was five years old. And so like when you get good with the idea of food, mm-hmm. you'll learn how to use very minimal and just make fire meals. Oh, yeah. You know, like fire meals. No, I've been cooking for a long time. I love and, it. And, and like grilling for me, it's like it's quick. It's easy. I oh, can yeah. season the meat the way I want it. And like and then I made spicy broccoli. I made broccoli and I, I covered it was it was oh, you're eating. It, it's like, oh, this is hot. Like, this is hotter than I thought it was going to be, but it's good. And then, but the thing is, like, you, like a lot of people are like, oh, it's got to be strict. You got to be so strict. And you really, you don't. No, it's not that serious. It, it's really your portion size. And yeah, man, you want an ice cream bar? Get you an ice cream bar, bro. If you want, you need a candy bar a couple times a week, it's not going to kill you. No. And like, Unless I was, you're training to be an athlete or something. Like, yeah. I'm like, yo. Well, I mean, then it depends on how much you're training. Because like I was doing... I was doing a, basically a 5K three nights a week. I would just walk. Yeah. And like I was like one one night I did five and a half miles, and I was like that's like a thousand calories. That didn't even take that long. And I would just listen to music, process my thoughts and everything. And it was like no, that was kind of relaxing. It felt good. And so I kept doing them, and I would just like well that one kind of took took a while to do on a weeknight. So I would try to hit the 5K, and then like when I started eating different, I was like okay. I want to see what's helping more. It's a science experiment. That's all it is, and I think that's where people forget. And speaking of 5K, we hit a 5K every month at Holistic. Tomorrow is actually the one that we're doing. It's virtual. You get to do it from wherever, anywhere. But the key is, like like you said, is like it's just an experiment. I think too often times people want to find, as they you know, as they should, like they want to find like something that works, yeah. or they just want to find the thing. I'm like that's cool and all, but like information overload is a thing. Yeah. You know, I struggle with it because it's just so much stuff out there. Yeah. So it's like, look something up. That's fine. Do what you got to do. But once you find something, do it. Just try it. Yeah. Just give it a shot and get pissed off. Because if you're not getting pissed off in the process, you're not yeah. even trying it long enough. You know, because you're gonna be like, oh, this isn't working or that. Good. You, that means you got far along enough to realize something. Yeah. Versus you try something for a week and then you're like, ah. You know, I'm gonna try this. I'm yeah. gonna try this. I'm gonna try that. Because that. See, that's part of the reason with the walking and then the eating. Because I'm like, I haven't really stacked them, and I'm like, okay, well, if I stack them, so my caloric deficit's gonna be even better than it already was. Right. And then I was like, okay, but those are those. Are, and then I like I did hot yoga before I did the 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 food change too. And I I'm terrible at yoga, bro. I'm it's a hard. big dude, and I am not flexible. But I want to keep doing that because. Yeah. Like challenging yourself and making yourself feel uncomfortable, it always gets you further. If you're just comfortable on the couch and you don't do anything, then you'll always be comfortable on the couch and you won't change. I mean, I I beg to differ. You're not going to be because eventually those (laughs) joints are going to start catching up and then you're like, bro, I'm not even comfortable doing this no more. Yeah. And that's guaranteed. Yeah. And that's guaranteed. So it's, yeah, I think the one take I would say is like, side note on the yoga thing, like a lot of people think it's flexibility, but it really is strength. And, like, we have oh, yeah. such a misconception of what strength means in the body. Like, the strongest muscles are the longest muscles. Is it Like, that's a saying they say in, like, the lifting world. And it's, like, people don't realize that, like, gymnasts and whatnot and all that. Like, flexibility, it's just biomechanics. It's, it's that simple. The way a muscle moves, the only way it can move in a deeper range of motion is because it's strong. Yeah. And what that means is the brain is basically, like, whenever you know you might move in a certain way. And then you're, you're like, you're like oh, uh, I can't move anymore because you feel that pain. Yeah. That's just the brain actually saying, hey, like, that's as far as I'm willing to take it because of your personal life choices. <laughs> right? Your body's talking That's it. You. Your body's talking to you and saying, yeah. that's as far as I'm willing to take it because I run the show. Yeah. 
yeah. right? Because a lot of people don't realize this. If you ever seen a person that goes under, like anesthesia, have you ever seen someone? Mm -mm. Actually, you can like literally put their leg behind their head. So I could put you under anesthesia right now, and I could put your leg behind your head. So you tell me, like, how can I do that if your body's not capable of doing that when you're conscious? Yeah. So that means you're actually true. able to do it. Yeah. It's actually your brain talking to your nervous system and your muscles like, and hey, saying, he don't, he don't hey, do this is yeah. we're tightening up. If we go any further, we have a probability to get injured. Yeah. And I'm just not going to take a chance on that. Yeah. Because, you know, this motherfucker don't blah, blah, blah. <laughs> or he don't drink the water I told him to. Or he don't eat yeah. the food I was telling him at what time or whatever. So it's all just a limitation. So right. as you strengthen, it's called neuromuscular connectivity. Neuro brain, muscular muscles. Yeah. So actually what you're supposed to do is you're actually trying to get like any workout in the world. If you're trying to do something like, I don't know, like a bench press or like a squat, you want to go into whatever the deepest position is for that thing and you want to tighten everything and then loosen. Mm -hmm. So like you might want to like get into a squat position and literally like just tighten your legs and tighten everything like that and then relax and drop as far as you're capable. And you keep doing that because what that actually is doing is, is reprogramming the brain to say, oh, we can go a little deeper, a little deeper, yeah. but it's trusting that now. Yeah. And so it's crazy, bro. Like when I first found that out, I didn't know that was a thing. I had one of my previous doctors that I used to like do different stuff for like my training with. And she, t she uh, told me about that. And then I had, uh, I don't know, I had some minor surgery one time. And then uh, that doctor showed me, like I was asking her one time and before I was about to go under, it was like a tooth surgery or something like that. And there was literally, yeah, I thought it was the funniest thing. There was literally a lady that was just out on a table. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's true. Watch this. And she literally, <laughs> this face, she was just laying there out. She grabs her leg and puts it. And I was like, are you kidding me? And she's like, yeah, she's like blah, blah, blah years old. She bears, she's a frail woman. She can't really. And I was like, so this is real? Like, And yeah. that just shifted in my mind forever. Yeah. So I, I, I'll say, like, look into it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's mind-boggling. All right, man. So let's get into the music. And it's AGE, right? Mm -hmm. So how's that going? Age is dope. Um, yeah, so age, it stands for Avant-Garde Emporium. Uh, so it's an acronym. I like Avant-Garde stuff, which Avant-Garde art or whatever is just like, essentially the general thesis is like, oh, it's, I would like to think ahead of its time or just kind of ethereal or new age or, you know, experimental really. And Emporium is just a word for a large store. So, like, the whole goal is to be the large store of cool stuff. Yeah. Creatively. And for me, like, we're currently focused on, like, my music and the distribution. We've got some artists in the pipeline. Like, once those things come to, like, fruition and get a little more tightened up, uh, I'll be, like, obviously we'll be, you know, yeah. talking about more of those things. But we've got some artists that we're working with. But right now the primary focus is, like, me getting these um, – singles out and then we have like a project that we're working on that i should probably get out by the end of the year okay dude so where's your music right now available so we have that one record which is a video so we've like i don't have any shame in sharing some of the strategy but historically the industry tends to drop a single and then a video afterwards right mm -hmm. so we're testing something out we're actually dropping videos first and then we're dropping the actual songs Okay. We're just testing the theory of kind of building demand because this current world is just watching videos. Yeah. Right. They're like watching everything versus like to get someone to commit to a record. Like, don't get me wrong. I could like run it by a bunch of friends or run it by some of my network or whatever. And they'll listen to it one time. But for them to download that and put it in a playlist, 
which is probably with the playlist and other 100 songs they have, when is it going to get replayed? Right. Right? So at the end of the day, like, our theory is if we show the visual and talk about the messaging and, like, build more of a relationship faster, in theory, and deeper with our audience, then, like, when the records drop, they'll actually be like, hey, I know exactly what this means. I know what it's about. Right. I have a, a literal visual representation. I can, I can see the song. And yeah. then they have a desire to maybe actually play it back. Because, you know, I think the DFW market is great with talent, but very poor with business execution. And I'm in that same category right now because I'm learning. You know, yeah. I'm learning. There's a lot to learn in this industry. Like, you know, shout out to Smooth Vega, one of the greatest executives I think that I know of, and especially in DFW. I mean, he's taken amazing artists like Louis the Singer, XB Valentine, uh, worked with people like Angel Seen Throne, like, and he's really good at what he does. And I think like he has a great brain for understanding the industry. And I think it's that, like, it, like one of those aspects is how do you really build an actual fan base? Right. You know, because I think a lot of artists are just going really purely off of optics and not really creating like a relationship. Like optics is a part of it. But if you're just releasing fire content, like what's that really saying? Well, the thing is, you can you release the content, but if no one sees it, then it it's it's hard because like subscribers on Instagram, subscribers on YouTube, though the YouTube translates to money based off of the views, right? But you have to be at the certain subscriber count before you you're Monetized. allowed in. Yeah, allowed <laughs> into that money. Yeah, and. So, I mean, there's guys that can put out, you can put out 10 videos in a month, but yeah. if no one's watching them and you're not monetized, then you spent, I mean, a music video, depending upon who shoots it, you can, you can find someone to shoot one for 300 or you can pay 1500 so or you more. You pay five racks. Yeah. 15,000. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. So it, it just depending upon what you're putting out, if you don't have the fan base that's going to go out and support it or show up at a show and then share your music. And it's, it's a, I don't, I don't know what to tell. I mean, but like, but you're, you're doing something completely different, releasing a, a music video first. And then, cause I was like, where's the song? Like, I, I know. Cause I was like, I've heard this song before I've seen the video. And I was like, but I don't think I've ever looked on Apple music. Cause I was making the, the, the intro to this. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'll just put a song. I'll tag it in the video. And I was like, wait, what and I, so i mean it, it's it created some demand because i was like bro where do i find it? that's why i asked you i was like where do right. i find this at but i mean it's a different strategy and i want to know how it works but yeah. how it works out because i mean so you're going to do that with what how many singles or or like we got some ideas what you're trying there <laughs> i'm just some, curious yeah i know we got some ideas but um yeah i got a couple of other singles like i would say from a video production standpoint we've been I guess I would say tweaking with a couple of different ideas from production standpoint, like, cause my goal is like my brain, like I come from more of like a corporate background, right? Like I'm like a more of a startup founder. So like, I'm always thinking about like bootstrapping, like how, how much, how little can we really put into something and get like huge value out of it? Oh yeah. Right. And so that could be through collaborative efforts. That could be through like just literally whatever's laying around. Cause that's when you're the most creative. Right. So like we're tweaking with a couple of ideas of like, with these videos, how can we do them with skeleton crews? Basically, like two or three people maximum. Yeah. If not, like I'm actually, I'll, I'll say this one, but like I'm actually working on like a project right now where I'm gonna shoot the music video on my own. Yeah. Entirely. And so we're working on a couple of random ideas of like, like obviously some tripod shots and then like different 
like weird rigs, like building out some random rigs mm -hmm. that it might be like on me or like, you know, something that, yeah. you know, and whatnot. And the real goal is like my narrative is the, is that story. Is that like, how do you make something happen with so little? Right. Exactly. And so like, that is the story I'm telling through my music yeah. and the music itself is obviously like some of its own messaging, right? Like Luke's message was knowledge isn't money. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, not knowledge, but like the loot isn't money, it's knowledge. Right. Right. And so on and so forth. So like, I like, for me, I might be that corny woke rapper or whatever it is to some people or whatever you want to call it. But like, to me, like I like slipping in those messages and yeah. being like, but is it still something somebody wants to listen to? Right. Exactly. And so I'm like, that's what my narrative is. Like, I feel like most people is respectfully nothing against it. Like is they're telling their story like as if someone cares. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're telling their specific story um, as if someone cares versus like, yes, tell your story. But I think it's gone beyond that. I think it's more of like, why do those certain hit bars resonate? Because it might be enough of an angle of that person's personal perspective, but it's more of the fact that it's relatable. Right. Right. And so it's like my narrative is it sucks trying to make it in this industry. Yeah. And so I'm kind of trying to tell that, whether that's through the video production, whether that's through whatever it is. And so I feel like that's the more, like, that's the message, right? Right. And I feel like more people could relate to that versus me saying, hey, this very specific mental health issue I dealt with is my whole branding, right? right? Or this very specific reason that I'm an Indian artist that wants to make rap and da da da. I'm like, I can find enough people that, like, you know, maybe fit the bill, but they're going to be like, but I'm that. So I'm not going to buy into this. Right. Right. And then another person be like, OK, that's cool. Good for you, bro. But like, I'm yeah. not looking for the Indian rapper. That's trying to to blah, blah, blah. With, yeah. What does that have to do with me as the viewer? Right. Yeah. It's either another artist or the viewer. So, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. All right. Um, I mean, we've gone through a lot of the questions. Oh, the move, man. So you're you're in California now. Yeah. So I'm in L.A. right now. Um, I actually just got in. What was that yesterday? yesterday? Yeah, I got in yesterday. So I was in New York. It was like an extended business trip there for almost like three weeks. Um, but LA is nice. It's cool. Um, yeah. I mean, what do you want to know about LA? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, like, have you, have you been there before? Uh, only once. So, so, so like, or twice, I guess. Everyday living, culture shock or kind of just like, uh? That's a good question. I guess it just depends on. I don't know, like, you know, who you are as a person. But for me, like the first thing when people were asking me when I first moved there, um, you know, people were like, oh, like, hey, like, what do you think? And, you know, like, you know, like it out here or, you know, the basic question everybody asks. And I was like, look, let me just tell you one thing. And it may not be an answer direct, but I'm like, all I can tell you is I'm proud to say I was raised in the South. <laughs> I'm like, this may not be the direct answer you were looking for. But I think I answered your question. Yeah, you know, 100%. Like, it is like whenever they had asked me. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, because I've, I've talked with people that have moved to, to Texas from, like, from Indiana, from Seattle, from, uh, like, Virginia, West Virginia, like, kind of all over. And right. they, everyone thinks, every other city in the United States thinks that in Texas, we all have horses. Like, right. we're just we're just going down to the pasture on our horse and, like, we all make money somehow doing that down here, riding around on a horse <laughs> with a cowboy hat. Because I had, I had a horses I had a aren't buddy cheap. <laughs> when I was in like I was probably in sixth grade. I had a buddy. He was like, "Yeah, my cousins are in town." I was like, "That's cool, man." He's like, "They're gonna be at the house this weekend." I was like, "Oh, so like we had like a little sleepover thing right, for right. a birthday party." 
so we're there and they're like man this is place is so weird and they were like we were like why it's just like just like back in kentucky kind of like there's nothing that's any different here we thought there would be like horses everywhere but y'all got like cars and highways and it's like huh you think we're in like, a you really, country? You really thought that? Like, yeah. that we were just all, ca- everybody has a cowboy hat and a pair of boots. Like, we just, we it just was funny, man. Like, I was on the plane and um, I was sitting next to this lady. She had a little baby. Baby ends up throwing up. And I was like, wow, like, I, I hadn't gotten an aisle seat in a minute. Yeah. So I was like, oh, nice. I stretch out my legs. This is a blessing. And then, like, right when I pull up, there's a baby just wailing. And I was like, okay, God, all right. Like, so you give me one and you take one. That's fine. I think that's fair. Like, we'll keep it even. It's a trade-off. Yeah, we'll keep it even. Like, you know, 50-50. I sit down. Baby throws up a little while later. And then, you know, attendant asks me, like, hey, do you want to go sit in, like, one of the, what is it, like, the the aisles where the doors, the escape doors are? Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to be briefed on, like, if emergency happens. I was like, yeah, I'll go there. Thanks. And so I went back there. I'm chilling. Dude I'm sitting next to as we start landing, he's like, Oh wow! Like and he's like seen all like like we're still further, and so he's seen all the little like pockets of the farms and all the mm-hmm. you know plots and land. And he's like, oh wow! So it's like you know it's very country out here. And, uh, I was like, oh, so that's your take all of a sudden? I'm like, we're not even to the city yet, bro. I'm like just eavesdropping. And then as we get, he's like, oh, it's like getting more metropolitan. Man. And I'm like, what the? What did you think, bro? I'm like that was the ninth largest city in America, dog. And like Fort Worth's like 13th. We are like cr- crawling to be 12. Yeah. I'm like, that's two of the largest cities in America right here in, in the same metro. Yeah. 30 minutes apart. I'm like, what? And then he's like, oh, okay. So like, oh, wow, it's pretty big. You know? I'm like, dog. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. It's uh, funny. It's funny. But yeah, back on LA, man, like it's just, uh, I think the cool part is like when I answered that, I genuinely meant it because I do think that Southern values are really great. I am genuinely proud. Like I was born in Philadelphia. So like I come from the East Coast. I was raised here, excuse me, and now having an opportunity to live in LA, um, it just seems like people's like values are out of whack, bro. Like I yeah. think, or or they're lackluster in general. And there, the way I would say it is, is like if there was like a spectrum of like identities, it's just wider in LA. Yeah, it's very wide. And so what I mean by that is like, let's say this is like spirituality. Yeah. And this is wokeism, you know, or whatever, yeah. or this is like, you know, a corporate-ish brain, whatever you want to call it, like on either side of the spectrum, it's just a wide spectrum. There are people that really are like, I'm this. I would say like Texas is like this, LA is like that, you know, as far as the spectrum yeah. goes. I'm not saying that that means, you know, neither here nor there is like better or worse. It's just, it's a wider range. Yeah. Um, nature's dope. I'm a nature guy. So like I live by the beach, I'm in Hermosa Beach and, um, that's awesome. Like just getting to wake up in a five minute walk. I'm at like a corner of the continent, yeah. you know, I'm like, that's kind of crazy. Um, you know, some of the main reasons going out there was obviously like growing everything. So the music stuff's been great, you know, connecting with a lot of amazing producers. Like, you know, these people are like, shit, got Grammys nominated, things like that. And it's just really nice talking to people that come from a business background in that industry specifically. Yeah. Cause in, in, dfw bro like talent is there that's that's not even to be argued with yeah the the difficult part is the business acumen like i mentioned earlier so it's like you might want to work with someone and pitch them on how to go forward with something and it's just skepticism the whole time you know it's like yeah it's just constant like what are you up to and i'm like making the project that i'm discussing with you right now what you mean yeah. like what do you mean and what am i up to like you trying to do this or not like yeah you know what i mean like this is how much i can pay you this is how much i can break you off this is how like these are the options and all of a sudden like you present options and you seem like the ops yeah 
Yeah. You know, it's all since like, oh, what you up to? And I'm like, I'm up to the stuff that it says on these papers. Like, yeah. like we're trying to do. Something. I gave you options. Like, what yeah. you want to do? Like, you can say no, but like, how are you? You know? And then yeah. all of a sudden, you find that very talented people are working um, with one another that may not have that acumen. And then, you know, I've been noticing this lately in this market. Like, a lot more people are getting signed or getting managers and this and that. I don't know what the deals look like or what's going on and whatnot. I yeah. wish the best, but like my concern is always, I just hope artists don't get kind of like duped, you know, yeah. where it's like, let's do this with your identity and they're pouring their income. Cause like you said, like none of these people are, you know, yeah. most of us are working day jobs and whatnot, even if you don't advertise, advertise it, like, yeah. and you're pouring your hard earned money into that. So I'm like, I just hope it's what's best. And you know, with age, like that's what I really want to do with, you know, certain artists I really believe in that are here. Yeah. You know, and so LA's dope. And then as far as like holistic goes with health stuff, you don't have to sell help to yeah. people in LA. Like every corner, <laughs> you don't. Like every corner you go, there's like a little acai bowl spot. There's yeah. like a vegan restaurant. There's this, there's that. So like a big reason was, you know, trying to expand our marketplace there, working with different like influencers, athletes, and like yeah. learning from that market because it's a great market. And if you can make it in a market like that, you know, our plan next year is to export to different, you know, like yeah. large markets, Miami, specifically like cities in Florida and things like that. And then um, obviously with Nerve, the whole idea is like I w- I'm over there studying the homelessness over there because yeah. um, it's the worst in America. Yeah. So like I'm kind of trying to learn from that market, take some insights so we can export that and bring some um, solutions here for DFW. Yeah. So as far as like each reason why I went out there. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's it's nice. So basically, every everything that you're doing, you took it out there with you. Has to be. And and you're, I mean, yeah, it's you're basically doing the same case study there that you done you're doing here. Exactly. Like the guy, the goal is like, like I feel like for any business, like if you're an artist, you're the business, mm-hmm. right? That's the given. Like if you're the artist, you are a business. Like you're yeah. not some kind of a, you're not the product. You're the business. And right. I think that's where people get duped and. And if it's a business, it's a business. But like, I think the goal is to duplicate yourself, yeah. right? Like with any business model, the goal is to duplicate yourself. Because like, if you're passionate enough and driven enough that you're the one who started it all, obviously the goal is you're trying to find more people like that, right? Right. And so like, I was going to move, um, you know, later possibly and or even earlier. But when I had like built out the team for some of these different projects and the companies. I felt like it was a good timing. So I was like, hey, I'm ready to leave because I have people holding it down here. Yeah. So it's like it's time for me to go like continue learning and growing because it's a different animal out there, bro. Like oh, I can tell sure. you candidly, like any person I'm running into, I'll run into an artist, right? These people are producing than any producer I know. Like, like I, I'm telling you, bro, it's just mind boggling. Like they're making crazy mixes, like engineers, like all of these things. They're just so talented compared to like the highest level of talent here. And these are like low tier people out there, yeah. right? Like these people are, they're the artist, but they have production skills. They have like, they're just doing it all, man. Yeah. And they're just really well-rounded because they understand the business well as well. And so they're, you know, bartering for deals with things like, with uh, companies like Spotify, or they're working with different local, you know, production houses, things like that and all that. So like my real genuine desire is to bring a lot of that knowledge back here. Yeah. Is like bring that knowledge back here because the end of the day like you know like i said i'm i'm proud of like you know being raised in an environment like this i have amazing talented artist friends you know like there's people like Avery burke or north or alex irish or yeah. you know like you know so supreme there's just so many dope artists out here and 
uh, all of those people I mentioned are doing a phenomenal job, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I think the goal is what I've noticed from traveling to New York, Atlanta, Chicago, Miami, and now LA or living there at least, but like traveling to these major markets has taught me a lot that like those markets do so well because they collaborate. Yeah. They just do so well because they move, I wouldn't say as a unit per se, but they really know how to like make deals with one another. Yeah. That is obviously in best interest of themselves as it should be, yeah. but that there's still value on the other side. Yeah. And so they just do it because they know that like at the end of the day, I'm trying to eat, but for me to eat faster, yeah. why wouldn't I put another chef in the kitchen? Right. Because there's no, there's more food now. Yeah. You know, but for some reason, there's like this weird nature here in the South specifically of like, we're very willing to scrape off of someone's plate and walk in the other direction. Yeah, I never heard it put that way before. It's a very ironic thing. And so yeah, like, and, and I don't instead, know. And yeah, the, the collab aspect and it's not just, I mean, here locally, it's, it's, it's like, let's argue with each other and let's fight with each other like, oh, yeah. and, and, and get into it with each other and try to one-up each other rather than just coming up together. I think it's a cultural thing. Like, it's, like every culture has its pros and cons, as I mentioned, maybe the con for like something on the West Coast. Like they're so ethereal in a way that sometimes it could be spread thin, right? I think for us, what makes the pro is we're hard workers. Yeah. We're very hard workers. But the pro, the con is because we're hard workers and we've typically had to do it on our own, I think that's where it like leaks in. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, hey, like I know what I'm going to output, but I don't know that you will. Right. And so then it kind of makes people squeamish to want to take that gamble, right? And obviously that ends up happening to where, as you hear from a lot of artists, I'm sure, like, man, I got done wrong in this thing, or I tried working with this producer, or I yeah. worked with this artist and this person, you know, and it happens. But I think what LA is teaching me is, it, they just are more willing to do more. So it happens more rapidly. So then the mind gets more used to the fact like, oh, this is the industry. It's yeah. like people don't realize, you know, your favorite artist, it could be Travis Scott. It could be, you know, whoever. It could be Kanye. It could be Don Tolliver, you know, whatever it is. We don't realize that like by the time a project comes out, you know, a 20 song project is because they like cooked up 500 records. Yeah. You know, or... You know, that music video that came out is because they, like, had four of them go to trash. Yeah. You know, and, like, we're just not used to that, I feel like, because we don't have, like, a, a good hub here as far as, like, the industry goes. Yeah. The closest thing we have to a hub as far as the entertainment industry is Houston. And that's yeah. just because of, like, you know, that era when we had screws and all of that stuff. Like, it was a good era that kind of built th stuff out. And then, seemingly, I feel like the executives kind of just dispersed. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was a mouthful there. Because we don't have the hub, we don't have the the same. Uh, we can't compete with LA. Not yet. Not not yet. But there's there's a lot of there's a lot of talent here. There's a lot of guys that are working towards it. There's a lot of guys that are that are learning different aspects of the business. Exactly. And I mean, it, it, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, uh, that's I think that's the moral of the story. Like, I'm just super excited for that. Like, you know, there's like think about it, man. There's like more festivals. And things like that in the last five years that I, I thought I would have never seen almost yeah. in like a decade or so in Fort Worth. You yeah. know, like maybe Dallas, sure. You know, but I'm like, yeah. wow, this is crazy. Like, this is amazing. And we had like Ray Schremer here when Fortress Festival was around, yeah. you know, 2018, 2019. Like, you know, stuff like that. And like like I said, Smooth Vega, I think, is single-handedly kind of carrying the city right now. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Like, I mean, he's not only for his own artists, but like the shows he throws and the people he's just kind of slowly. I went to the 36 Mafia show, like... You know, he's slowly, um, you know, bringing these types of people in where it's like 
it's becoming a thing on people's radar of like, oh, yeah. I could stop by here and make some bread. Yeah. And if we can show that our city has the ability to like put some money in those people's pockets, yeah. that's when that industry starts bubbling, you know. And there's yeah. like there's amazing executives that are starting to come from like these big companies like Def Jam and whatnot that are like, hey, DFW is a market, or hey, Houston, you know, is a market. San Antonio, there's a lot of talent coming out of there. Yeah. So. All right, man. We've gone through just about everything I wanted to talk about. Um, anything else you want to hit? I mean, honestly, I would say, you know, a couple things like just every month we do like that uh, virtual 5K, like I mentioned. Mm -hmm. So with Holistic, it's virtual. So like there's this app called Strava. You ever heard of it? Maybe. Is it the one that pays you or that's a different one? That'd be nice. But uh, <laughs> I got to check out that one, whatever you're talking about. I'll, I'll find out the name. Yeah. So no, it's just like a, it's like a workout type equivalent app and you're able to log your workout. So you can log okay. like a walk or a hike or a bike ride or whatever. So we have like a little team on there and, you know, we're focusing on continuing to grow that where at the last day of every month we do a 5k. Okay. And it's virtual. So you can do it like walk out your front door and hit it like you do. Yeah. And the whole idea is we're trying to build a community around that. The why the last day, the whole idea is the last day of a month, you do something like that. Well, you start the next month fresh. Right. You start with like that mental uplift. Right. So that's one thing that we know we're just really trying to like continue to grow music stuff. I mean, we're going to continue to have stuff coming out. Like, you know, like I said, we're working on things. So like definitely excited for all that stuff and then nerve like you know if i could put like a psa out my real concern and like desire is having more people that want to get in on the ground and people that want to like you know join the movement and help especially people like in the media spaces such as yourself um because we're now ramping things up for like fundraising yeah. and getting more corporate donors to like build everything out so we can build this thing larger so that's really about it, man. I just appreciate you having me. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on. All right, guys. Y'all stay fed. And uh, we're going to talk some more off camera. Yes, sir.